Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. I'm your host this week, Chris, and I'm joined just by Stu this week. Hello. Tommy's off doing something work-related. Unimportant. Yes. Um, Not important. <laughs> we're here to talk about whatever that was yesterday. There was a there was a Grand Prix in there somewhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Shall we just kick in? Yeah, um, let's just let's just kick in. Yeah, it was a wild one. Um, so, Australian Grand Prix, um, the the first one since last year. <laughs> um, we had qualifying, and Mercedes were pretty close to, yeah. to Red Bull, like only two and a bit temps off. Um, but then, you know, Red Bull. We speak about Red Bull having this huge advantage over everyone, and actually, like every qualifying session so far, I think has been around about two temps. It's the race yeah. pace, isn't it? That's like way, way It's quicker. very much race pace, yeah. Um, but the single lap pace is like, you know, they're not out of reach, are they, really? No, not really. I mean, we've seen, well, we've seen Aston come close to pipping them the first two races, and this time Mercedes were like, they were there. Hmm. Um, I mean, to my knowledge, I don't think Mercedes have brought anything new to this race. This is the same car that did the first two Grand Prix. I guess it's just a circuit that suited them more. Yeah, I think that, and as and as they learn the car as well, I think that's going to make a bit of a difference as well. Um, so yeah, Mercedes pretty close in qualifying. Um, that's about as well. I mean, qualifying was great, but there's so much good. to talk about that we just we can't get bogged down with hmm. qualifying. As good as it was, we really need way too much a lot to, to talk get about. Here. There's a hell of a lot to get through here. So I'm going to start at the very beginning. Um, mega start from George Russell from the dirty side of the track yeah. and he managed to squeeze down the inside into turn one. He was um, always going to as well, wasn't he? After the yeah. couple of races they've had, like both both of them, both Mercedes, give them a sniff of running at the front and he was always going to send it up there. Yeah, yeah. And fair play to him. I think Verstappen was probably a little bit compliant, but at the same time... <laughs> You can't really defend against that. What once the car is, he, once you know what that car is like in your sort of, I guess in a regular car you'd call it your blind spot, but in yeah. racing it's like down your inside. Like you, if if you know that that car's front wheel is by your rear wheel, then you have to leave space. Otherwise, you're having an accident. You're ending your race. And that easily. corner in particular as well. Like there's not much room for error in that turn one. It's a great turn one and two. I love yeah, this circuit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good track, it's, especially now they've taken, they've sped it up a little bit. I think it's an easy yeah. circuit now, um, <clears throat> but we'll get to that. Um, yeah, so Red Bull starts this season, I think, on the whole, have been a little bit tardy. That is a tardy, that's not a car that seems to get off the line very if, easily. If that car has a weakness, it's getting off the line, I think. That's like, that's pretty much the one area we've seen the Red Bull not be the class of the field this year so far, isn't it? Yeah, but but by a long way as well. Like two yeah. cars now, like in two different cars, have got better getaways off the line. You know, Alonso last race, and now Russell this time round have both beat Red Bulls in different cars. So, yeah, a bit of work to do there, I think, for Red Bull to just you know finish to round off this yeah. perfect car that they've made because it is an almighty car. Other than that, um, yeah. But anyway, um, that was that was more or less the start. Leclerc, then it brings us. I'm going to try and go through this in sort of a semi chronological order as chronological the only way to... as we can. Yeah, yeah, because there's, like I said, there's so much to get through. Um, so the next big 
talking point to happen, I, I would say, would, would be the Leclerc crash. Um, I think the most overrated driver in Formula One has <laughs> reared his ugly head once more. It was definitely um, another example of one of the weaker points of his arsenal, wasn't it? It's every now and again, he's prone to making these sort of, it just looked a bit desperate, didn't it, really? It, you know, I don't think it even looked desperate. I think it looked clumsy is what it looked yeah. like. To not know the car was there and to, you know, he's, he's already gone, he's gone by him. He's outbraked him to go by him and then he's turned in too far. That's like rookie error. You know, those are the mistakes you make when you first log into yeah. Gran Turismo 7. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's not a mistake a, a Formula One driver for Ferrari should be making, I don't think. I think it's a real, real shame that he's, he's done that. You know, you, you turn in, the car does not, the car you've just overtaken doesn't disappear. It's going to be there. Exactly, yeah. Max Verstappen could have had the exact same incident with George Russell just a corner before that, well, two corners before that into turn mm. one, and didn't because he left the space. He knew he was there yeah. and he, he was aware of the situation. And I, don't, I think Leclerc just sometimes doesn't have this situation, can't speak, situational awareness that you need at those speeds in, in a Formula One car. It feels like it, doesn't it? Just mm. those those sort of mistakes just, yeah, just seem to happen from him from time to time. Yeah. Um, it's um, it's now his worst start to a season since his debut season um, for Sauber in 2018. Um, only six points yeah. from three races. He's behind Norris and Hulkenberg in the standings. Which is that's not necessarily all his fault, though, is it? Because didn't he have a retirement? Not necessarily all his fault, but, but even yeah, so, I mean, the car's not great, is it? So. Yeah, it's all all around bad times at Ferrari. For again, like what we've said about Ferrari in the past, it's not even like you can point to this is the problem that needs fixing necessarily. Yeah. It's there's things a, are just I, generally unhappy there at the moment. It feels like there's quite a lot wrong and no real solution being focused on if they even know what the solution yeah. is if they even know what exactly is wrong it's yeah it's a strange situation at ferrari but let's not get bogged down in what's wrong at what team <laughs> and because there's a lot of race to talk about <laughs> so um the next thing um well while this was happening hamilton was overtaking verstappen um and now verstappen was very quick to to whinge about it as he, he was. always is whenever he gets overtaken, as most of them do. As race drivers do, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I thought I thought that was fair and square. What about you? So two thoughts on this. The first one is that entire first lap from Verstappen seemed uncharacteristically cautious from him. Like... Obviously, turn one, Russell went up the inside. And as you say, he was kind of playing the long game a little bit. But then into turn three, he kind of left the door wide open. I don't know if he was maybe looking at Leclerc on his left-hand side and sort of didn't realise Hamilton was quite as close or something, but he left the door wide open for Hamilton to dive in there as he did. Um, I've got no issue with that overtake. It was it was borderline. It was he. I've, I've re-watched it and like paused it kind of at the exit and Hamilton left him a car's width no more no less and which is fine yeah and like I don't want to I don't want to get into like us being accused of 
you know, always having to go over Stapper no matter what he does. But it does like, it does stick in your craw a little bit when he's the guy who spent a couple of seasons overtaking people by just slinging it up the inside and leaving them no room on the exit. They pretty much changed the rules of engagement to stop him doing that. And then for him to be the first to complain when someone overtakes him in a much more chill way is just a bit like... I know they're racing drivers and they always like to complain about things, but it's a bit just like, come on, mate. Yeah, Like, bigger picture. Uh, Like, when he said that, I thought to myself geez, how must it feel to be the kind of guy who the sport has, the ch- a, a world championship has to change its entire rule set around you? <laughs> like, how does that feel to be that guy? I'd also maybe have more sympathy if he wasn't in a car that was definitely going to be back in the lead within like 15 yeah. laps anyway, not well, even you know, that in the end. I think you've just answered your own, not, not as it was a question, but I think you've just sort of like solved the reason why he was maybe a little bit cautious because he knew he's he knows he's got the car underneath him to yeah exactly to to fight back and he, he knows he's going to get him on the straights once drs is in effect especially with how good that thing is under drs conditions as well so yeah i don't he was never going to put up too much of a fight but he just he just can't get overtaken without <laughs> you know throwing the knives in can he it's really uh <laughs> it's like chill out dude how dare they yeah overtake um yeah, so with Hamilton past Verstappen, that let that sort of teed us up for a nice little Mercedes tussle, Merck on Merck, some Merck mm. on Merck action, um, which led to a really spicy radio message from Russell saying, yeah. "You've just, I think it was something along the lines of, you've just told me to to uh, to manage, and my teammates catching up with me. If you want me to push, I'll push. If he want, if he needs us to push, then we'll push. Mm. So." He's kind of like making a big statement there. I think Russell saying, "You know, I'm not, I'm not a pushover. I'm not, the, I'm not going to be a number two. I'm in this championship. I'm in this fight. I want to win this race. I'm not going to allow my teammate, whoever he is, whether he's, you know, seven, however many world championships he's got, I'm yeah. racing him. And I, I think, think I he like was, to see that. It's good to see. And he was well within his rights to like, and he was right. Like by by them not managing that situation well." you ended up with the Mercedes fighting each other and just letting... Vers- I mean, obviously Verstappen was had more race pace anyway, but by them fighting, it let Verstappen just cruise right up to the back of them in no time. Whereas maybe if they'd both been pushing, they could have strung that out a bit more. Could it maybe might have even been a bit have, more difficult for him. It would, yeah. That could maybe even have like played the team game a little bit and tried to use Hamilton to let Russell pull a bit of a gap up the road like there's a i mean i mean that's a big ask of hamilton at that point in time uh, yeah, but i don't think i don't think that's I, happening i think that early in the race as well i think you yeah to, for sure to but to agree to that there's a, there's a lot of ways i could have managed that that weren't the way they chose to do because i think russell was completely right like them fighting each other at that point in time was only gonna hurt them really yeah, I think really the ultimate solution for Mercedes at that point in the race, for me, would have been for them to set up a bit of a DRS train. And the only way they were going to be able to stay ahead of that Red Bull was if, if Hamilton behind Russell was going to have DRS and they were going to be able to sort of give Hamilton that extra bit of speed to try and negate speed to negate that top speed advantage that yeah. the Red Bull's got. Because it looked like under when they were in the little mini DRS train that they sort of started to pull away in, it did look quite difficult for Verstappen to, 
to keep up mm. with them and manage his tires because let's not forget they were all in the in from the beginning of the race everyone's in tire management mode as well yeah because so, it was always going to be a one stopper yeah so yeah i think had sort of the next thing not happened then i think it, it could have been a little bit more interesting but the next thing did happen and that was <laughs> albon um from sick from the williams yeah uh crashes it at turn six i want to say yeah from six yeah it was turn six such a shame um, he was having a great race up until that point yeah um and it led to our first sort of big really big talking point but let's just quickly talk about did you see the crash did you well you saw yeah the it was you a, see, have you seen any more of it other than in the race yeah like the onboards from what was it hulkenberg and gasly gasly was it they are scary they're yeah, like, gasly immediate behind is, is yeah is like sort of all it gets a bit garbled as he passes but like you can see it's really close and then hulkenberg's behind is just whoa like heart in your mouth you know yeah code brown <laughs> yeah like, so albon's kind of excuse i guess you'd say for the crash and williams have sort of backed him up on this is basically he he made a mistake in the previous corner i think he ran a little bit wide and they said basically on the data you can see because he ran wide his tire temperatures just spiked so he then went into the next corner and because his tire temperatures spiked did not have the grip he expected to um says no yeah which i don't think necessarily absolves him of blame i think if you've run wide you maybe need to you've made be aware bed. that you might not have the same amount of grip at the next corner um yeah it's a real shame it, it was starting off looking like a really good weekend for williams and it kind of all fell apart because i think sergeant pitted i think he'd maybe pitted just before that red flag mate and yeah. Anyway, Sergeant's strategy sort of dropped him to the back as well. So yeah, I mean, we'll, another we'll race of what could have been for Williams, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll get we'll get to Sergeant later on because yeah. he's had a bit of a shock or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was an immediate safety car. Um, Russell pitted mm-hmm. just before that, just before the safety yeah. car, which I liked. It was a, it was an yeah. aggressive strategic move, but I, I liked it. Yeah, it would have been. I was very interested to see how because that was a right is a is a call on a real knife edge. Yeah, and it would have been really really interesting to see how that had played out had they not gone and wrecked the whole race. <laughs> for, well, for up to that point by red flagging it. For, yeah, for a bit of a tiny amount of barrier that shifted that would have taken them five minutes to sort out under a safety car. I just don't understand why they needed a safety car for that. I know they had like literally every man and his dog out on the track sweeping up stones and they even got a blooming great big road sweeper out to, to clear it up. But it just racetracks get stones on them sometimes when people go off. Like, I don't think it was that. I don't think it warranted it. What do you think? I'm looking back at it now. There's, there's, there is a lot of gravel on the track, but there's also immediately a line through the middle of the track on the racing yeah. line where there's no gravel because the first couple of cars to go through basically cleared it out of the way. Yeah. Um, like, I think all of their first thought when I read flag was, oh, there must be, like, extensive damage to the barriers. And it didn't... I, I can... This one, I can maybe, at a real push, say, okay, yeah, they thought they would need a lot of marshals out on track 
red flag it just to be safe. I can just about give them that on this occasion. It's yeah, it's borderline what constitutes a red flag, but yeah, I, I just think it was a little bit knee jerk myself. I think they could have had, they could have maybe gone up there and you know left the safety car out a little bit and had a proper look. To, uh, mm. to sort of figure it out rather than just go, no, no, red flag, red flag, straight I away. Think, and it's just like... I guess as well that how far the tractor had to go to recover the car, given that he had basically bounced back onto the track. Like, we don't like seeing tractors on racetracks with... But it's not like it was raining, like it was... It's... Yeah, I, no, I, 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 that, I don't... I'm not, I'm not going to give you that here <laughs> on this one, I'm afraid. It, it, track conditions were fine really like that yeah there was a bit of gravel on the road it would have taken no time at all for that to disperse with with cars just going just cycling through um and then in terms of carpet position there's n- through that sequence of the corners if you're behind the safety car you're going to be going pretty slow anyway and the, the, the safety car is there to slow the traffic down they can just yeah. slow right down and they can all fil- file through and then carry on around the track so yeah better safe than sorry but I, you need to, you know, then there needs to be more awareness of how sorry you're likely to ever become. And I don't <laughs> think anyone was ever going to be that sorry in this situation. I think it was perfectly acceptable to yeah. use the car in it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's I think my take on it. The bigger issue with it, and this is a big can of worms to open at this point, but my, the much bigger problem I have with the whole thing is still that tyres could be changed under red flag conditions. Yeah. Like, red flag means the race is neutralised, and that should apply to everything. And I get yeah. that sometimes a car will come into the pits and they'll have a puncture, they'll have damage that needs to be fixed for safety reasons. Fine, let them change their tyres, stick them to the back of the queue. That's basically yeah. what happens under a normal safety car. If you pit under a safety car, you basically end up at the back of the queue. You can just do the same. Like, you yeah. could even, you like could even in- say... If you need to do any work on the car, you have to wheel the car back into the garage and then you can rejoin once the entire snake has gone by. You don't even need to faff around reordering the cars at that point. Like, Yeah. How many races has this cost us like amazing ends to races as well? Can you yeah. Remember? I think there was like a Jensen button one in, um, in Monaco where he was on better tyres than everyone else and something had happened and it was setting up for an absolute grandstand finish. It was quicker than anyone. He was getting overtakes done at Monaco. He had such an advantage. And then there was a red flag for some other reason and um, they all changed tyres and it just completely wrecked the race. Yeah, and I get that it's, you know, it's sport, it's motorsport. There's things happen. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you get unlucky. Like, that's fair enough. And safety cars are the prime example of that. But there's still... A level of risk reward with changing your strategy to do with safety cars whereas with red flags it's just hey want a free set of tires like yeah it's a free pass isn't it yeah the, the reason they wasn't the reason they allowed it to do with like fuel or something like that wasn't there like a i can't there's been a few excuses over the years as to why they still allow it the safety so, one is normally brought up but i think that's a bit of a non-argument personally yeah, I think that there was a time when they would close the pit lane under a safety car, and then they mm-hmm. all kicked off about it because everyone, people were start, people were, you know, that was in the days of refueling. Yes, and you had people literally either grinding to a halt or, 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 or just going into the pit lane and getting a penalty. Yeah, because the pit lane was closed when they went in. Um, 
but that's not an issue these days because we don't no. have refueling. So yeah, I, I I I struggle to see, and I, off the top of my head right now, with all the other things that I've got going through my mind at the moment, <laughs> I struggle to see a valid reason for allowing them to change tyres during a red flag. I think it, it's it only ever bizarre. makes races less interesting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think really is looking at. So I think we've done that one then. Um, yes. So this this did kill the this tire change kind of killed the Mercedes DRS race because, well, not only did it kill that, but it killed the whole sort of race at the front kind of thing because there was a chance before that that Russell was going to come out and once everyone had made their pit stops, might have filtered out in front of everyone else if he'd been able to mm-hmm. sort of navigate traffic well, but instead. Um, He's now just sat further back. I think he started in eighth, maybe, on the next on the restart. Um, so on to the next restart. The first, sorry, the first restart. Um, very slow formation lap from Hamilton, mm. um, which was within the rules, but not what you really want to see. It led to like a bit of a sort of mix up around turn six again. Turn six. It was and bad. Yeah, it was that was a close call. That was a really, really close shave. I think Magnussen went off through the gravel. Put so all the, the marshals have just gone through all this effort to clear all the gravel off the track. <laughs> Kevin Magnussen, hold my beer. <laughs> Filthies the track again with gravel, but you you'd never know because the cars all went through it and shifted it out of the way really quick. Um, yeah, that was. I thought that was sketch, but it was within the rules, and I'll tell you why it was within the rules because the safety car had. The, the lights were off on the safety car, which is the signal to the driver that you are now the the lead vehicle, I'm going away. And Hamilton at that point becomes the safety car and can go as fast as he likes. So yeah. for the Verstappen rule- to come on the radio, say, oh, he's not, you know, turn car lengths, turn car lengths, it doesn't matter. It's like, read the rule book, dude. <laughs> yeah, so the, the rules say in, in, at that point, the, the, the lead car may dictate the pace and if necessary, fall more than 10 car lengths behind it. Um, actually, the the stewards kind of report on that was actually, you know, we're going to have a go at the stewards in the FIA quite a lot this podcast, I think, but credit where it's due, they actually explain that situation quite clearly and sensibly. They essentially said Hamilton was completely within the rules um, to do what he did. Part of the problem was that Russell was a little slow getting out of the pits and then kind of sped up to make up the gap. So he was going much faster than all the cars in front of him. So when he hit the pack and then slowed down, that kind of caused a bit of a concertina. And the, the the stewards basically said, like, no rules were broken. It was all within the rules. However, it wasn't the sort of situation you want to see. It maybe needs looking at for future races, which they need is fine. A, yeah, they need a speed limit. They need to yeah. do essentially VSC rules. Yeah, just apply a delta. Car. Yeah, yeah. That's what they need to do because... Yeah. The same thing happened in at the Tuscan Grand Prix at Mugello. Mm-hmm. And I think Russell was a little bit involved in that as well, wasn't he? And mm. um, yeah, I mean, not you know, not to point the finger at Russell for any of this. I think it's just circumstantial. But yeah, it was. It's it is a it's a strange phenomenon, and it and it's and it's quite easily fixed. You know, you, you just have to put a speed limit on during the safety car so people don't think. And then the safety cars still in control. You know, the argument that, oh, well, they might not catch up to the safety car, that doesn't stand because you just leave the safety car out that little bit longer so mm. everyone can catch up safely. And 
this idea of cars like flying around the track to catch up to a safety car kind of flies in the face of the whole reason that a safety car would be out yeah. in the first place. So it definitely, definitely needs looking at. It's it's bonkers that they're allowed to do it the way they do it. You know, you look back to uh, Suzuka last year. Again, yeah, exactly. Same situation. Like not obviously re- different kind of dynamic, but the danger came from cars under the safety car being able to go, at, you know, not full speed, but, but faster than they yeah. probably should have been going in those conditions. And, and there's no rule against it. Just put a rule in. Yeah, completely. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was a sketchy moment, a very sketchy moment. And it led to the FIA graphic <laughs> restart procedure under investigation. <laughs> Looks um, a little bit like they're investigating themselves, didn't it? Yeah, it's strange. I think maybe they were looking into the rule book to see if, like anyone had broken a rule during yeah the i think so during the restart procedure but yeah it was strange he was just kind of a message it was like something wasn't right here but we're not yeah. quite sure what it was yet we're yeah. we acknowledge that mistakes have happened we're not <laughs> sure what the mistake was but we can see the results of the mistake and therefore we need to do an investigation yeah um yeah so that was that but the speed the the race got back underway and um Verstappen was quite quickly past Hamilton once the DRS was, uh, yeah. was in the mix again. Um, it was a bit of a meh getaway from the line again from Verstappen. But, mm-hmm. um, again, I don't think he was... With, with the glass drive shafts that that uh, Red Bull's got, <laughs> I, I, wonder if he's, I wonder if they're like, trying to protect the sort of the, the gearbox. And Well, it's like you said earlier, it's like they know they've got the pace that, such that they don't need to take risks in areas like race stars really like yeah. he was always going to get him ultimately and yeah like the pace once drs was activated um i mean Mighty. obviously this circuit's now is it it's got four drs zones now hasn't it this circuit they brought one back yeah, again four too many if you ask me but yeah it's well yeah this is this is the thing like there's, there's i think because DRS was so powerful, I've seen a few people talking about DRS after this race. And for me, and I, I know there's a sort of technology element of this that I am probably oversimplifying by saying this, but it just feels like they'll, t- they'll turn up at a racetrack for a weekend and be like, DRS is at this line. And then that's it. That's the line DRS is from. It's like, mate, can we not? use free practice to see how powerful it is, maybe tune it a little bit in time for the Grand Prix. Like it it, it yeah. was it was obvious very early in the weekend that the DRS was going to be incredibly powerful here. Like maybe just adjust it a little bit. Just move the activation line a hundred meters down the track. So you're bringing cars next to each other, not just straight past. Yeah, we say it all the time. Like the this the original idea of DRS was you know, the purpose of it isn't so that you can just sail past in a straight line down a straight. It's so that you can compete in a corner despite the aero disadvantage that you have. Yeah. However, the problem with all of that is that when you've got one car that has a DRS that is infinitely more powerful than any other car, like, who do you tune it for, I suppose? That's true, yeah. I guess you... You could argue and say you, you tune it according to the fastest top speed through there. Maybe, yeah. But then the teams would twig on and just, just yeah. throttle and slow down. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, 
yeah, it's a it's a difficult one to solve. I mean, I want to live in a world where DRS is no longer necessary in Formula One, and I think the only way you do that is by making the cars more difficult to drive. Well, I think last season we'd got a bit closer to that, and this season I feel like we've got a bit further away from it again. But that's uh yeah. There's you mentioned this last week. There's like a there's an arg- an argument to say that the changes they made to the floor this season have made it less easy to follow yeah i suspect that is the direction we've gone in but yeah i hope not i i I mean it's it's still i think it's still a little bit early to say for sure on that one but i can see how yeah i can see how it could be the case and but yeah i think we need to wait until we've had a few more races i think after catalonia maybe we'll have a better idea on that because even though that that the layout of that track again has changed, but like if they can follow each other well through the final sequence of corners in there, yeah, and make overtakes, then I think we're probably still fine. But again, that's going to depend on the the length of the DRS zone and all that. So yeah, it's it, it's, it's a difficult thing for them to to fine tune and to find a balance for. But definitely coming coming back to Australia, definitely this weekend, I think it was way overpowered, even for non-red bulls it was it was very very powerful yeah um what we're talking about verstappen and him taking the lead again do we think red bull are still hiding their true pace because verstappen was doing like pretty similar lap times and then again the four drs zone certainly will have helped but that lap, which was the first DRS lap after the restart, Verstappen suddenly went like a second faster on the lap he passed Hamilton. And he was like something stupid, like two and a half seconds clear by the end of the next lap. And then he just went straight back down to the lap times he was pumping in before. Like, Yeah. So I, I, I think there definitely is more pace in that Red Bull than what, they were running but i think this news about this particular thing that you're talking about about these these, these particular few sets of lap is is somewhat being misconstrued mm-hmm. um i feel like well i know i've looked at lap charts i know that hamilton had a much slower lap after he was overtaken by verstappen he lost a lot of pace and i also know that you get zero point about 0.9 seconds well the red bull was getting about 0.9 seconds from the drs from being yeah. able to do drs laps and that lap he did do obviously a drs overtake on hamilton and had massive massive overspeed in the uh in in the run into turn nine and out of turn 10 where he got drs again so you know that's the reason why that particular lap looks so fast yeah um and hamilton's lap was a little bit slower because then suddenly he's gone from being in the lead to now following a car briefly and he's going to lose a bit of downforce, even though these cars are theoretically better at following. Um, he is going to lose a little bit of downforce, so that's going to slow him down. He's got to get used to the car operating in that window again and adjust his driving to that. So there's going to be a lap of adjustment, I think, after you've had an overtake done. To yeah, like that's that. fair. Um, so I think that reasoning for saying that Red Bull are hiding pace is is a bit of a red herring. I don't think that's necessarily why mm-hmm. you would... I don't think you can use that as evidence to show that they're hiding their pace. No, that makes sense. But it is strange that their race pace is so, so, so much 
higher than it seems a lot more than everyone else's and I think maybe in this instance because everyone was doing a lot of management and because that Red Bull's got very efficient downforce I think they're just better on their tyres and they can probably get them working better quicker than say the Mercedes yeah that's true it's so just I better at everything isn't it I think it's just better all around yeah, yeah. but there, there was for sure there was more pace in that car but there was more pace in the Mercedes there was more pace in the Aston behind that as well they're just all trying to get these hard tyres to the end so the underlying pace of the Red Bull is is much quicker but I, none of them were pushing so no. none of none of these lap charts can be used to discern whether or not Red Bull are hiding their pace or not again Barcelona might be a track where we see some true pace from cars because it's a pretty, it's not very hard on the tyres there. Mm. I don't think. I'm but excited anyway. for that race. I'm really, I, I think I feel like I mentioned that race every episode. <laughs> I'm really, really excited for that one. Um, okay, yeah. So um, the next interesting thing is there's a few sort of, it, it sort of calms down a little bit here, but we'll we'll get through it. So uh, Russell put a good move on Gasly for fourth. Um, that was that was good to see. Signs was making some decent progress through the field. Signs well. had a great race yeah that stint he did on the hard was mighty yeah really really good if, if not for later events i think signs could have made it onto the podium oh uh, no doubt i think he he, he yeah, looks I think, yeah yeah he he probably should have been on the podium i would have said yeah um then we're onto the huge Perez moves through turns not turn well basically into turn nine. I think they were all done by the time he got to turn ten. So yeah, um, and he was just sending it, wasn't it? He? he wasn't even sending it. He didn't need to send it. It was already so far alongside them. They were all sitting ducks again. DRS. He just went for the go big or go home approach, didn't he? Like yeah, and fair play to him. Yeah, he made it really really interesting. I think he was putting. I said at the time when I was talking to you guys in the Discord and 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 you. He was putting a lot of faith in yeah. the people he was overtaking. You know, yeah, if they outbreak themselves trying to avoid... I mean, obviously, they're not going to fight too hard because they're not racing a Red Bull. But still, it only takes, like, one minor mistake and then you've got someone in the side of you and you're both out at nearly 200 miles an hour. Yeah, so, and I mean, yeah. like, Piastri is one of them. Like, you know, Piastri's a good driver, but he's still a rookie. Like, it's not like he was only picking, you know, the experienced trustworthy heads on the grid he was just sending it around anyone that came up and yeah it was it was so good to watch yeah All he's driving really well this season Paris he is he is it's a shame that he uh, had a bit of a shocking sort of pre-race session yeah. it was just they were all kind of it was all at sea it seemed but then mm. the whole the whole practice all the practice was a bit of a bit of a mess and I mean there was GPS issues in the first it was still all over the shop yeah all over the shop yeah, so, um, yeah, Russell um, was the next thing to happen. Russell's retirement, um, they reckon a possible turbo oil feed fire, but that's just according to something I've seen on Twitter. That's not There was that, for... the telltale blue smoke, wasn't there? The blue, yeah, there smoke, blue smoke of doom. And there was, and there was flame yeah. <laughs> on the back of the car. As well. <laughs> that's rarely a good thing. Yeah, it looked like, as well, maybe, I mean, the marshals were firing the the juice up the, up the back of it, but I wonder if... Um, <laughs> They, 
I hope they didn't go up the up the pipe because if you go up the pipe and you get yeah. stuff all over the turbine of the turbo, then you ruin it. So yeah, you don't want to you don't want to do that. The marshals um, do not care for power units when there's a fire. <laughs> I mean, no, they don't. I, I mean, mean, that's not their job to be fair. They? But yeah, yeah. their job's put the fire out. If that means putting your juice inside the back of a turbo, then get it done. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, the pit. Uh, I didn't hear this get mentioned at all during the commentary, but the, the pit lane was closed. So if if during this phase, so obviously pulled out, pulled up at the end of the pit lane, it was a virtual safety car for a short period of time, um, and they closed the pit lane while they pushed the pushed the car back. Now, for me, the argument earlier of you know, Marshall's being out on track, dangerous, blah, 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 let's have a red flag. On paper, this situation isn't that different. Yeah. I guess they did the right thing. They did, they used the options at their disposal by, by closing the pit lane, which was the, which was the right thing to do. Yeah. Because did, did they push his car back into the exit of the pit lane? I, I'm not really sure. They didn't really show it. I'm not sure what they did with it, but, um, they, I know they closed the pit lane. So if they, the fact that they did that meant that no one could sort of dive into the pits and try a different strategy, which I felt like was a bit of a shame. It would have been nice to sort of have things, you know, that would have given a few people the chance to mix things up a bit and maybe put on a on a faster tire and see if they could go to the end and do something a little bit different. Yeah. At least but, they didn't. At least they didn't reward um, his good parking with a red flag like they did with a uh, stroll in uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they with the safety though. car, so, like, I think, wasn't it? Again, like the precedent is there for a, a race to be red flagged. I mean, the, the Saudi Arabia red flag was would have been so this in comparison to the Saudi Arabia red flag. This would have been more valid to have a red flag after this one than the one they did in Saudi Arabia, and they didn't bother. They just closed the yeah, thing. Just no consistency. So it's just strange, isn't it? Like the decision making just doesn't seem to. Yeah, it's, there's no consistency, and it just sometimes just doesn't even make sense. But anyway, um, so yeah, there's a retirement for unfortunate retirement for Russell. He'd worked his way back up to fourth um, after the after losing out, unfortunately, during the. Uh, the, the initial red flag having pitted early. So it was a shame to see him sort of out of the fight. I thought maybe he might have been on the back of Alonso by the end. and could Yeah, I think he probably would. Podium. Um, yeah, so that's a shame. Um, more huge Perez moves followed that once we were racing again. Um, he was just going either side <laughs> by this point. It didn't really matter which way. <laughs> He went. He he was just getting around him and and making his own lines through through there. It was amazing. It was really really good to see. Uh, and then there was kind of a lull. Lots of time time management going on. Um, There's a brief moment for Verstappen in the lead. He is here yeah. after all. Um, did well not to spin it. And there was a brief Hulkenberg and Norris battle as well, which they showed. Yeah, it's just um, quite fun. That was fun. That was. I mean, Hulkenberg was borderline. I think in some of his breaking <laughs> in some of his defense, but. He, there was space. I, I, w- I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call what he did a move in the braking zone. I would call it straightening out to break in a straight line. Yeah. And I think there's a difference. There um, is. So, I mean, it's, it's, it is, deb- I will hold my hands up and admit that that one is a little bit debatable. It's borderline at best. But it, and yeah, I'll, I'll also admit there was a borderline 
defensive move, but you know, these guys are the best in the world and they can figure it out. So, <laughs> and, they, and they did figure it out. Eventually yeah. Norris got around him um, down the inside and um, then Hulkenberg was sort of off on the dirty stuff and he, he ran wide himself. And yeah, that was the end of that. Um, and then Kevin Magnussen. <laughs> he, so I think he just so, drove into the wall. He just, if, yeah. What on earth? <laughs> just a, it just looked like a complete lapse in concentration, didn't it? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think it was. He's either understeered wide, which I don't think that would happen there, or he's he's effectively. You can see what he's doing because there's a where the wall is there. It's sort of a. It steps out into a. Um, it's a, it's an entry point for marshals to get onto the track. And he's he's caught his rear wheel right on the edge of the wall. That's the exit entry exit point for the marshals. So there's obviously like a, a three or four foot gap behind that. That I think they were all using that run that the curb runs yeah. into. Yeah. And yeah, I would say it probably is just a minor, very very minor lapse of concentration. And he's he's gone a little bit too far over, aiming for that extra bit of curb to maximize the racetrack and taken his uh, well ruined his right rear yeah. suspension and taken his wheel off so his tire did off you see thing. what happened to a chunk of his wheel hub i saw it fly up in the air it went over the catch fencing <gasps> and gashed a guy's arm in the crowd oh no yeah there's a, there's, i've seen a picture of a guy holding a piece of wheel hub grinning like an idiot with blood pouring down his arm and then another photo of him being like attended by a Squire. Uh, medical person. Med- medical squire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird one, though. Like, I'm, I've just rewatched like, the onboard facing backwards, and there's not, like, a snap of oversteer or anything like that. He, he just runs out a bit too wide and hits the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of unlucky, kind of a lapse of concentration. I'd li- I would like to be able to, because I've seen the same on board, I would like to see what his hands were doing at that point. Yeah. Probably straightening out <laughs> would be, the, I think, more or less a straight line steering wheel. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do we reckon to that being a red flag? So, okay, so there's two ways. Again, there's the safety aspect. There's lots of bits of metal. There was a the lot road. of debris. There was a lot of debris. Um but I, don't, I still don't think it's a red flag. I think, again, it's another one of those things that a safety car can probably deal with. And I think especially that late in the race, by red flagging it, you're kind of... Yeah. You're asking for trouble already you by are. doing that. And but, so this is the other thing that comes out of all of this. The, the standing restarts after red flags are at the race director's discretion. I think, you know, and it's, it's, I don't want to sound like, you know, it's easy to sound boring with this stuff. And there's no, I'm not going to doubt for a second that having a grid restart with three or four laps to go was extremely exciting. It was good. However, what happened after the restart, which we'll get to, was so inevitable. Everybody was like, this is going to be an absolute shower and it was and like there's maybe an argument to say if there's a red flag within the last x percent of a race 
you have a rolling restart just to get the race done because it, it just felt inevitable that it was going to be another one. Yeah, but so, again, I don't want to sound like I'm just being boring. Like I, I will not deny that it was a very exciting end to the race. Yeah. I So I think, first of all, the first part of the problem I have here is race director's discretion. We need to get rid of that. Like we can't have dis- we can't have discretionary decisions being made. That, that yeah. leads to we we all know that that kind of rule <laughs> leads to all kinds of trouble, and we don't need to dig all that up again. Um, you you know who was there then, this weekend, don't you? Yeah, I do know, but we're not getting the into man, that. the myth, the legend. <laughs> we're done with all that, Chris. We're done with it all. We don't. We're not. We're just not. Okay. We're not that bringing up who shall not be not, named. Yeah, pe- people people get upset. People don't like it. It leads to toxic debate. We're not getting into it. So, yeah, race director discretion's a bad idea. It's, it's just lazy rulemaking, I think. Yeah, I think it is. You need hard and fast rules for these kinds of situations. And when when they're not there, it leads to the it leads to this. It leads to the, these kinds of messes. So. Mm-hmm. Was it even a red flag? I don't think so. I think, again, they could have quite easily just got the safety car out and, and tied it up. No one's going to deliberately drive over any meaningfully huge piece of debris, right? No. It's not worth the risk to your car. They're, and they're looking out for it. They're going to see it. No, they're not going to drive over it. So they can just avo- they'll just avoid it. Of, of so it's the not going to fly up and hit anyone. Yeah. I think... The the album one felt more like a red flag than this one for sure. And he even parked it in a place that was like well out of the way as well. Yeah. So a great bit of parking for a car with three wheels. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's the first thing to address, and I think like uh, it, it, much more borderline in terms of whether or not it was a red flag. I again, I don't think it was. Um, and then in terms of sort of the decision to to eventually to restart the race i think i'm well, okay we've got we've that. got another restart to get through first yeah yeah and i so yeah this so the, the first restart i'm fine with like so, sorry the second this is the second <laughs> it's so start. hard to keep track of. oh my god it's so difficult um this the the magnuson incident restart i'm okay yeah. with with I think, four laps to go, that was, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that, there's a few laps left. So, and bearing in mind, one of those is going to be a, a, a effectively a parade lap. Yeah. Are they go, a, a lap round to the grid or a condensed lap, whatever you want to call it. Um, so then you're down to three laps of racing and that's fine. I think I'm okay with that. Like, it was crazy. It was exciting. It was interesting. And it made what had turned into a, a relatively running run of the mill race by the end of it into something interesting again it mm-hmm. brought it back to life oh for sure and i i don't really have a problem with that because again they've got they've set up the rule to say well we're going to do standing restarts and if those are the rules and they they're sticking to them and they're consistently applying them then yeah absolutely no issue with it it's the same rules for everyone that's that because um, they've, they've obviously made the decision in the last few years that red flags are going to be a thing that they do more often. If yeah. that's the way they want to do things and have these standing restarts, fair enough. But it feels like they've kind of come to that 
approach without really looking at everything else around red flags and the restarts and everything. And they've just kind of let everything else play out with the rules as they were. And I think everything around them needs tightening up a bit. If, if this race has proved anything, it's that it's kind of a bit of a crapshoot every time there's a red flag, like what happens next? Yeah. And I would say like now they've got this, now they've got this opportunity to start races from standing starts. They know it generates action then I think they do seem a little bit more inclined to red flag races Definitely. than maybe they, they were in the past, which, I mean, I mean, this is just, if you wanted any evidence of it, this, this weekend <laughs> and last weekend, gives, last race, sorry, gives you all the evidence you need to say that they are using standing restarts to, to inject action into yeah. otherwise not necessarily the most exciting Formula One races. So there's definitely an entertainment factor in this, which I don't think is necessarily what what real Formula One fans want. I think you want actual proper racing, you know? Like, you don't want them to artificially, like, be generating these kinds of things. Um, but let's get, into, let's get into the restart itself. So yeah. there was a lot of um, talk about Verstappen's grid box position. Yeah. Which was interesting. Now, before we get into this, I'm going to, you know, say straight away that it was within the rules. Categorically, this was absolutely within the rules, what he did. It was right on the absolute, in, in, in true Verstappen style, it was right on the absolute limit of what what is the rules. But it was absolutely legal what he did. So just to, to clear this up, if you didn't see it, he he rolled up to his grid box, stopped and then moved a little bit further forward to the point where his contact patch of his front left wheel was on the paintwork of the grid box, which is allowed Mm -hmm. because the contact patch is on the paintwork and not over it. Um, The difference here between Alonso's situation last race in Jeddah was that Alonso was laterally part of his, part of his, his wheel was over the line to one side so even though part of Verstappen's wheel was over the the front of the the line, it didn't really matter because the contact patch of the wheel was still in contact with the uh, with the grid some box. paint <laughs> with some paint, yeah. Which yeah. now obviously that is really really on the limit of what is allowed, but it does make you wonder why you don't see every driver at every start of a race with their contact patch on the, yeah. of the box right yeah that was my first thought because because initially i was like that there's no way that can be legal because if that's legal everyone will be trying to do it all the time so um i i guess the the general thing is that it's not worth the risk because being outside your box yeah. the grid start as we've seen the last couple of races can ruin your race like it that they judge seem to be judging that quite harshly whether max intended to push it quite mm-hmm. that far i'm not so sure if that was entirely intentional this race but do you know yeah, what he'd had two tardy grid starts that race um so i guess third time with a couple of laps left he was maybe trying to push it a little further and pushed it right to the line yeah, I mean it worked. So he, he kept the lead. So, so 
I think I do have a little bit of a... I mean, I don't really have an issue with Verstappen doing this. I don't have an issue with... Because Gasly did it as well. Gasly was just as far forward in his box. Um, again, whether or not he knew about it, you know, he'll tell you he did. I doubt I doubt either of them did. No. Um, it just seems strange to me that by being by having part of your wheel slightly laterally to the side of it, yeah, they have such an issue, but they don't have an issue with you being so far forward in your grid box that part you know in the part of the, the there is literally part of the wheel ahead of your grid box, like the lines that denote the side of the grid box are being judged differently to the line yeah. that's connected to them. That denotes yeah, the front of that the grid make, box. That makes like, a bigger dif- which makes a bigger difference because yeah. you're further forward. So it's more of an advantage to be further forward than it is to be side side to side. Really weird. So Very silly. It's just dumb. It's bad rulemaking again. Isn't again, it? it's yeah. Just, it's just rubbish rules. So yeah, I think that's another thing that probably needs tightening up. And again, it just the problem with it is like I don't have a problem with pushing the rules. You know, I don't have a problem with like getting the absolute maximum. That is what Formula One is all about, and I'm all all about it. But it's the way these rules are applied, like just seems so illogical sometimes. Like just have some, it, it just doesn't look good. And it, and it sparks like these furious debates yeah. about whether or not people are within the rules or not. And, and, you know, it leads to all this toxicity and it's all avoidable because you can just have better rules and, and, yeah. and solve it there and, and have, be- have better rules that are applied properly and you just yeah. solve all these problems. <laughs> What's the odds next race? Everyone rolls up to the very front of their grid box and the FIA then step in and rewrite the rules. It wouldn't surprise me. I, it wouldn't surprise I'd be, me I'd be glad to see it. I think like maybe drivers need to be, maybe drivers do need to be pushing these things like that little bit further to, you know, to, to get the maximum. From it's the often the way. Every weekend. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised next race if you saw people's front wheels like on that front line. Because... It's easy enough to figure out. They've got enough reference points yeah. now to be able to figure that out with that big yellow line sticking out from one side of it, which which has been around for years. They've just made it longer now, so it's a bit easier for them to see. Mm. If you know, these guys all know exactly where the front contact patch yeah. of their wheels are in relation to like the side of the car because it's something that they practice. So I've got absolutely no doubt that you'll see people pushing that further now. Like if they can drive... 180 miles an hour inches from the car next to them like they know where the outside edges of their car are like yeah totally um yeah anyway um then we got a shall we talk about the actual restart so um, yeah where am i in my list so yeah the second restart so we've done grid box position and gasly's um yeah that none of that looks good so it needs sorting out um, signs and Alonso's collision into turn one. So they, they, they all got away quite well, actually, um, on the second restart. And it was signs. Now this, this whole thing, right. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to take us through all of the incidents that happened that led us up to the next red flag, really, <laughs> because it's, it's essentially just a series of collisions. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to list them out for you and then we'll talk about each each of the ones that we think needs talking about. So the first one um, science, was Science and Alonso's collision into turn one. The next thing to happen there was Gasly goes wide. He, he was almost in the back of Alonso, Gasly. Mm-hmm. Um, Perez, as a result, goes even wider. 
um, off onto the gravel. Where am I? Then Sergeant is then in the back of DeVries. Then Gasly's coming back onto the road and he has his collision with Ocon. And then a little bit further down the road, strolls off at turn three and then the race is stopped. And in amongst that, there's just all kinds of changes of position because obviously the old order gets jumbled up. Yeah. People are going fast, people are going slow. Some people are navigating through madness. Others doing that same thing faster. So yeah, it it was hectic. Straight away, red flag by the time they got through turn three. Let's start with the Sainz and Alonso collision. It, it was the most turn one from a grid start racing incident I think you could ever hope to see or not right. hope to see. I Penalising signs for that, I just don't get where that's coming from. Outrageous. It's absolutely yeah. outrageous. I think it's a, it makes a mockery of, of so many other turn ones that have happened, turn one incidents that have happened over the years for that to be, uh, for that to be, Punishable, punishable by five seconds penalty. It's just bizarre. Like the, the, I don't the, know what they were thinking. The steward verdict basically said that Alonso was far enough ahead that it was on signs to take steps to avoid a collision, basically. Um, what, so he was just supposed to give up his corner? I just... I just don't... Yeah, like, he, he ran... Yeah, he went, he, he went in a bit hard... Went in a bit hot, but like again, there was there was room on the outside. There was room there for two cars, and they didn't quite go through there. Like, yeah, if you're going to blame anyone, it was signs his fault over Alonso. Alonso did nothing wrong there. No, but, yeah, I think Alonso maybe could have been a little bit more aware of what might have. Maybe I mean there was there was definitely a little bit more space on Alonso's left that he could have taken. Yeah, that's fair, totally. but it's not. It's just not penalty worthy, I don't think. No, Especially given that they, as they always say, the fact that it's the first lap of a grid start, they always take that into account and tend to be a bit more lenient. And the fact that it was a time penalty at a point where the pack was that close together just makes it that much worse as well. Yeah. I think if they'd spent a bit less time wondering whether or not to give science a penalty and a bit more time looking at the rule book and figuring out what the hell to do about the red flag that they'd just flown. Yeah. Then we might have got to the end of this race a little bit sooner and everyone could have gone back to bed. <laughs> yeah. That's that's just me. Um, yeah, so that I, I agree with you. Um, absolutely a racing incident. I think that it's just bonkers that it was given any penalty at all for it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so Gasly, Gasly runs wide. Um, having all, almost gone, it, he outbraked himself as well, and he ended up going into the almost going into the back of Alonso. Perez a little bit wider. That's just consequence of where Perez was in relation to the other car, and I think I think there's no real incident there. Sergeant into the back of De Vries, um, all locked up into the back of him. Sergeant says he braked at the same point, um, and just something about the car just was different. Probably the tire temperatures. Yeah. And, um, yeah, went into the back room. That was an unfortunate one. I think it was a bit of a rookie mistake, and he's a rookie, so you can yeah. kind of let him off. That one actually wasn't even out. investigated by the stewards. Um, no, I think still that probably should have been investigated by the stewards. To go into the back of someone is very bad. Yeah, they didn't even look at that one. They investigated Ocon Gasly and decided it was just term one racing incident. And yeah, Sainz was the one that got a penalty, which really, really weird. Yeah. So let's talk about the Ocon-Gasly one then. So 
this is Gasly coming back onto the track a lot, and um, Ocon is accelerating out of turn two and Gasly sort of basically chops across him and they both end up in the wall. I have a, I have a bit of a potentially controversial opinion on this one. Um, I, think... I think Ocon could have let this go. I think Ocon could have not gone for that gap, seeing that I think that gap was always going to close, given that Gasly didn't have any grip. Yeah, I think so. I think the way Gasly rejoined the track was not ideal. It's not great. So he he did slot into a gap, but the speed he rejoined meant as he rejoined the track, he lost the back end a bit, which kind of slowed everyone. In fact, um, one of the McLarens nearly ran into the back of Ocon because of Gasly. And then, yeah, I think... I think I agree with you. I think Ocon was maybe... As as much as it was Gasly's rejoin that caused the situation, I think Ocon maybe could have done a bit more to avoid it ending as it did. Um, Ultimately, though, I think is kind of just a, a turn one racing incident. I don't think a penalty was... Well, we're at two. by now we're at turn two but yeah well yeah true <laughs> um yeah uh, yeah i probably don't I, I wouldn't say it's penalty worthy i wouldn't say any of these two are penalty worthy uh, certainly you know after science saying science science is probably the least penalty worthy of all of them and yeah got a penalty but um i think the reason that they didn't get penalties dished out to them is because their race has got ended i think if either of them had carried on that's true then they're probably would have been more potential. Same with the Sargent thing. I think if Sargent goes into the back of De Vries, takes De Vries out of the race and then carries on around the track, then he's getting a penalty, no doubt. Absolutely mm-hmm. no doubt. But the fact that he's he's gone off and he's ended up in the gravel himself means the steward's probably thinking, well, what's the point of giving him a penalty? He's yeah, penalty exactly. enough by the result of the incident. Um, and I think that's probably why Sainz did get a penalty because of all of that, he was the only one to spin another, to, to, to make contact with another car and take that car effectively out of the race. Yeah, signs came off better, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So they, maybe they felt like they needed to justify... Maybe. Um, Alonso's supposed end to his race at that point. Um, but yeah, the whole thing, just uh, silly. And yeah, Ocon definitely could have been on the brakes to... I think Ocon could have avoided that accident. I, don't, I need to see it again in full speed. I think they both could. I think in true pink cars coming together style that we've seen many times over mm. the years, both of them probably could have done a better job of it. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see sort of, to me, this says that there's some serious competition in that team because Ocon would have seen which car that was leading up to that. And he's yeah. thinking, oh, I can get ahead. Otherwise yeah. he's off the throttle. And he's also thinking, I don't want to lose positions, but you know get ahead at what cost or don't lose positions at yeah. what cost at the end your race is over because you've because you've got into a gap that's going to disappear and you've been driven into a wall as a result so alpine released like a silly. video of the two of them together sort of saying you know oh it was a real shame the way it ended there's lots of positives blah 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 it very much had the air of they were told that they would go and have a nice little pally pally video together they didn't do that by choice yeah <laughs> Now we're in a red flag situation. Everyone who can comes around to the pit lane and parks up in there. And 
after a long, long period of time, they eventually decide that they're going to do a uh, safety car, effectively a safety car restart. So they're going to send them all around again, you know, put the order back to what it was for the original start because apparently the timing screen on TV is not good enough for them to establish <laughs> the order from. And yeah, they they effectively reset it and made it as though that the the sort of free corners that they did go racing never happened while also you know emphatically stating that they did happen by giving penalties for what happened there yeah it's It's contradict huge contradiction i think it is but it's it is also i've seen smarter people than us explain this it is very much the it was the right thing to do within the rules like that that lap happened and the things that happened on that lap did happen however in that situation when there's a red flag the stewards have to pick a point where there was a known order to go through and because there was so much chaos the last point that there was really a certain order probably was them when they were all sat on the grid so that you could argue, and Haas actually tried to argue this, that because Haas came off really well from the instance, like Hulkenberg was up to fourth, and yeah. Haas's argument was that you could have taken it from the second safety car line, which I believe is just after which turn is, two. Which is what they did at Silverstone. Yes. However, and Alonso Alonso was switched on enough to point that out, having yeah. just had an accident and on his way down to turn yeah obviously the red flags out by this point so he's like um concentrating as hard on racing but still very switched on very cool but yeah given that you had like three cars in the gravel two cars in the wall or whatever it was i i it, it seems a little weird but i i don't have a huge problem with that decision that they came to no me neither but i think their reasoning for coming to that decision is flawed <laughs> that's what it is i think they i i, I agree with you that they've they followed the rules to the letter. Um, I, and I again, I commend them for doing that. But I think the rules are the issue here. When you've got... They're outdated. You know, the, the, this is a rule that was written at a time when the the technology for keeping track of where the cars are yeah. was a lot less advanced than what it is now. We've got timing loops at every... You know, we've got over, I think, 25-ish sectors of timing loops mm, that at least use. it's not like the old days when you had you know three sectors that people keep in track of the building stopwatch this is like serious business they've all got proper relays and stuff that they use to to keep track of where every individual car is so for me i think the rule again it's another rule that just needs to be looked at and tidied up it's, it's just yet more tidying up that the fia yeah need to, need to do that the rule set needs um, just it's to make, similar. It, make it easier for the stewards to enforce the rules as well. That's the thing. They're taking um, too long to come up with these solutions, to come up with these, you know, with, with these um, decisions around like what should happen in certain situations. I mean, there's been so many times this season already when you've seen like the pundits, like with their noses in the rule book, trying to work out what's going to happen. And like... It's 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 the similar thing with the like the the rules around like if a race is red flagged and not restarted, they take the result from the previous lap, and that's another like archaic thing that's hung over from you know a, a previous era. Um, 
again, like what what they did within the rules was the right thing to do, but it definitely seems strange. And it, from a spectator's point of view as well, like no one had a clue what was going on at that point. No. And we're all tired as well because we all got up at six, well, half five in the morning to yeah. watch a Formula One race. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm reticent to uh, complain too much knowing how many of our audience well, are in America and have to do this every week. Yeah, but. true. I admit, I, but, you know, everything's relative, isn't it? Um. The, the <laughs> much bigger, I have a much bigger problem, though, with the fact that they sat around for half an hour and then decided to go and send everybody out to do one lap behind the safety car. Why? Yeah. What was the Sick. point in that? Like, yeah, it's just... It, it was impossible Needless. to restart the race because there was only one lap left and you have to do the outlap. So the race result was already there. We already knew the race result. Yeah. Why did we have to sit all around they for had half to do, an hour? All they had to do was call an immediate safety car. That would have slowed everyone down. Or called a, No, they, all they had to do was call a virtual safety car because all Anything. the carnage already happened. All the carnage was done by that point. So everyone can just stay on the track and go around and cross the line under virtual safety car. And then we're not all sat waiting for ages and ages and ages for a Formula One result to see what they're going to do. It was just and the only re- sheer chaos. And I can't help feeling like the only reason they did that was so they could have the TV shot of the cars crossing the line and the checkered flag being waved. That's the only reason I can think of why they went through the rigmarole of doing that. And it's just, the whole thing was I, so pointless. Know, such a waste of everyone's time. I don't think they were even thinking that far ahead. I think they were, I, to me, it seems like they got completely lost. They were like, oh no, we've, we've had to call a red flag and the, we, this has never happened before. We've called a red flag on the last lap and now we've got to do a, a, a restart from the grid. We can't do that because they've got to get round to the first lap. So they just start and then go straight over the line. That'd be the end of the race. Yeah. That'd be a, even more of a farce. <laughs> so dumb. So yeah, it's very, very, very strange. So we've all, I think we've sort of, would you say we've summarised that? I think we have as point? best we can. Yeah. <clears throat> so in the end, we got result, a race result. <laughs> we did get a race result. Verstappen first, Hamilton second, Alonso third, and Science was fourth on the road, but obviously drops to 12th, um, giving Stroll fourth. Perez recovers to fifth from 20th in the pit lane. Um, thanks to, Again, thanks to Science penalty. Norris sixth. Hulkenberg 7th, Piastri, Zhou and Sonoda make up the top 10 with Bottas 11th from 19th in the pit lane. And again, that was hilarious to me. Bottas started from the pit lane, spent basically the whole race in 18th or 19th and then right at the end just popped up in 11th place. <laughs> so bizarre, weird. It's such a strange race. Um, yeah. Everyone else was a DNF, so it was just 12 finishes. Mental. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely mental so such a weird race right have we missed anything chris take me through your a couple list. of a couple of bits and bobs so alonso got his third third place in a row um it's the first time in the history of the team that is now called aston martin they've finished with two cars in the top four um i'd say with aston martin like other teams seemed a lot closer to them this time i think that's just again a uh, the kind of track it is, but they still very much look like the real deal with proper second or third fastest team pace. Um, I mean, towards the end, Alonso was definitely faster than Hamilton in that closing stage of the race. He, he just was, couldn't. I don't think couldn't, he was not fast, fast enough, enough to get by him. 
Um, we've already mentioned Ferrari's woes. Um, Alpine, as I say, Gasly managed to dodge um, penalty points, so he's still avoided a race ban for now, but it's still very much hanging over him. Uh, Hulk got to Q3 again um, and managed to finish seventh, his first points of the season. Um, really anonymous this race. Hulkenberg just, all season actually, I keep forgetting Hulkenberg is back on the grid. He's kind of quietly doing a really solid job actually. Quietly killing it. Yeah, yeah he really is. Um, McLaren quite fortunately ended up with a double points finish which drags them up to fifth place from bottom of the standings but uh, I mean it doesn't mask the fact that they still had pretty poor pace all in all. Mm. Well they've got a month now to develop their cars. Yeah so big old gap. Show up in, back, show up in Baku with, Baku with, uh, with maybe some upgrades and maybe improve. I think pace. they said they were trying to like push the upgrades forward for Baku so hopefully for them. Um, and then last on my list is Sonoda. Um, again, he's he's quite comfortably outperforming De Vries. He's had two 11th place finishes in a row. Um, after the science penalty, he finally got his first points of the season. Um, and that's despite him, he had an off in practice and damaged his new floor. So he had to run an older spec floor for the rest of the weekend and was still comfortably the faster of the two cars. Um, he's, he's doing a, a fairly good job, Sonoda, this season, I think. He's, he definitely seems to have... Now Gasly's gone, he's kind of stepped up his game a little bit. It's just a shame he keeps breaking his new floor and doing things like that. Yeah. Mm. So, hey, takeaways. Um, first one, FIA are as mental as they've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see things improving. I think it's still, you know, without sort of getting into everything that happened in 2021, I think there's a lot of things happened in this race that are as bad as what happened in that race. I think some of the decision-making was severely flawed. And I think, again, the time it took them to come to some of these decisions as well is just, it's too long. They need to straighten these things out, straighten the rule book out and straighten out the decision-making process and be better, basically. Yeah. Um, next story, uh, sorry, next takeaway, um, Red Bull still have insane race pace. I think there's no doubt there. I think maybe Perez could have, done better but i think it was more of a tire thing than a car thing necessarily mm -hmm. yeah like as you say like it was such a race of tire management as as hard as perez was pushing like if he had really gone hell for leather he'd never have took those tires to the end so yeah um mercedes may be not quite as slow as they thought they were as they learned this car as i alluded to earlier i think there is, they're starting, it looks like they may, maybe are starting to unlock a little bit of pace in that car. And with some upgrades coming in Baku, they could be, uh, could be interesting yeah. next, next it, race. It looked a lot better. Although Hamilton after the race did stay, he's, um, he still doesn't feel connected to the car at all. He's just kind of, he's like, he's still just turning in and like, we'll see what happens this time, which is yeah, that pretty damning review. He is like sat. I've seen, I've read a few things about this, and he is sat quite far forward. They are, they're both sat really. The cockpit's quite far forward. It's a weird seating position in that car. Strange feeling, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, next one, <laughs> maybe a little bit unfair, but I've got Ferrari. Who? God, if, like it's after just going so badly for them after their previous, and again last season was not great in many respects for Ferrari, but at least they were doing a bad job and being the second fastest team. This year, they're, no, just, they're just nowhere. Doing a bad job. They're just doing a bad job. Um, the car just isn't there, is it? Such and a disappointment. 
Yeah, I mean, it feel, almost feels like... So, I mean, again, like things are just not going their way. Like the, the result, the, the, the penalty that science got was just, oh, they've just got no look. They've got no performance. And yeah, and their star driver's not doing the business. So when it, it doesn't rain, it pours. Yeah, things couldn't be much worse for Ferrari right now. And they'll be hoping for a much better showing in Baku, I think. Um, at the Aston, on the flip side, the other side of the sort of pace coin, Aston's pace is. I think we can confirm now is real. I think they've, yeah. they're, you know, if they Definitely. can keep developing this car and keep up with the with the top two teams, I think they could be a threat all season based on the free tracks that we've been to. Um, so that's exciting to see. It'd be, look, be great to see Alonso get a race win at some point. I think year. he will. And I, I think so. I think that Red Bull is fragile. Um, and I think Alonso at some point is going to be there to pick up the pieces. Definitely. Um, the final one is just the midfield is very tight. Yeah, it's ridiculous. In fact, it's again. If you just eliminate Red Bull being a rocket ship, everyone else is so close. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Um, quali the quali sessions. I say this every time we have a good qualifying session, but like it's literally like being in two thousand and nine when everyone was like less than a second between the, the whole field yeah. of cars, except for like the the back couple of teams it was amazing like q1 if you ignore verstappen q1 was one point less than 1.1 for the whole grid in q1 it's just um, bad, isn't it? yeah so tight um yeah so those are takeaways uh driver of the day driver of the who, day who is your driver this is a difficult one i think we don't we try not to give it to the winner but verstappen is kind of he had to weather the day. He weathered a heck of a storm to take that win. There was there was lots of opportunities for him to not win that race and he weathered them all. Yeah. Not all of them not of his own making. True. <laughs> he did well to not spin that car when he went off. He would have lost out big he would have been second place if he would have had to get an overtake done again, potentially, if he'd uh, yeah. actually spun it and not just gone off onto the grass. I so, think very lucky. There's a strong argument for Perez. It was a decent comeback drive. Um, mm. Hamilton, there's an argument for. He did He did very well to finish second in that race. Yeah, Alonso. <sighs> Alonso did well, but like, I, I don't know. I feel like I expect more. I feel like if Alonso had finished second, then potentially. But um, Yeah, Alonso just, did I what I expected they... him to do. Yeah. Um, do you know I who I think? Do you know who I'm going to push for? This is tricky because yeah. there's only two of us this week. I think I'm going to push you, for Carlos Sainz. I think Carlos Sainz had a phenomenal race up until the penultimate lap when it all fell apart for him. And I don't think that turn one incident was worthy of a penalty for him. In In what is a bit of a dog of a car, he qualified it well. And he had really good race pace. Um, Do you think he would have beat Alonso? I was... I'm disappointed we didn't get to find out. Um, I think... I think ultimately... The pace Alonso had in that final stint, I think that would have... Probably because of the tyres, that would have been the difference in the end. So I'm not sure he would have beat Alonso, but he still had a very good drive. Um, 
I can, yeah, I could go. I, I, you can convince me on science because he got that really undeserved penalty and I think he deserves something. So why not give him driver of the day? We could give him that. I've seen lots of people in the chat mentioning uh, Norris. Norris did have mm. a good... It's a good result. It's a good result. I mean, where was he before the last restart? Where did he actually get up to? I'm also seeing people in the chat saying we can't give it signs because he crashed, but... I don't... No, no, I, no, I, he didn't, I wouldn't call was, that he crashed. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't say that was a turn one. I would say he was involved tangled. in a turn one incident. Yeah, I wouldn't call that a crash. If we can't give it signs for that, we can't give it Verstappen for spinning off when there was no yeah. one else anywhere near him. That's also true. That is true. <laughs> that's That's poor form <laughs> and then he and then he's, he was on the radio saying i keep locking up there it's rubbish so we'll, we'll stop stop locking up there then <laughs> break don't, earlier just don't <laughs> like, um let me check this little where's norris gone yeah so norris was like in the bottom end of the points until the chaos at the end I just, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to agree with you on Norris. I can agree with you on science, but I can't agree with you on Norris. All right. Let's let's give it to a, as controversially it seems, give it to science. Despite him being given a penalty. It's, like, it's our podcast. <laughs> it's what we want. Um, <laughs> it's very true. Uh, move of the day. Move of the day. I think Perez just on everyone. It's Perez, yeah. Turn nine. Yeah, so P- take your pick. There was lots <clears throat> yeah, of take them. Your pick. There was loads of it, and Os- Os- I think potentially you could argue Piastri and Ocon made similar moves at the same corner, in probably much more equivalent competition mm-hmm. with the car they were overtaking. So I think those are potentially more valid moves for move of the day. But Perez counteracts that by doing so many of them <laughs> yeah. that they, they all add up and make make it multiple move of the day. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much Perez for that, I think. Yeah, Sainz did have a really good overtake. I can't remember who it was, but he sort of dummied someone. Um, it was like a really late sort of swap of sides. Um, I can't remember who it was. I'm trying to find did it you, Did you a switcheroo? Did Crofty it lose was... his mind? Oh, it was on Gasly. Um into turn three and it was very good but i think oh yeah i do remember that that was a good move that was a really good move i think the fact that perez did not only did one good overtake he did multiple good overtakes at the same corner we'll we'll add the quantity up yeah. and we'll give it perez i think yeah i think multiple of the same move of the day counts. yeah they, they, they stack exactly yeah okay. uh Finally. and then final award my favorite award well, where do I we mean, start? I mean, there's there's so many. Yeah, I think just collectively, like the FIA, as usual. Yeah. The FIA, but particularly WTF this week. Um, the science penalty related to it, again, it, yeah. on its own, is pretty WTF. Um, Gasly and Ocon collision, Ocon, all Ocon had to do was lift, and that doesn't happen. Yeah. So... Again, needless. Something about pink cars are just magnetically attracted, aren't they? Yeah. Um, needless red flags and stoppages. Again, that relates back to the FIA. Um, here's a good one. Nine of the 12 drivers that finished ran three different tyres without making a single pit stop. <laughs> That's bonkers. How crazy is that stat? 
I realised that when I was when we were writing this episode. That's I realized bizarre. That it's just absolutely mental. Um, and then um, another one, a slightly more serious one. There were fans getting on the track. Um, yeah, did the, you read about this? Yeah, like because there was like a F one statement that said um, the race organisers are being investigated by the stewards, which is such a weird way to phrase it. But yeah, like some people basically gone onto the circuit for the. Um, I guess it was a cool down lap, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I would I would say. Yeah, so. well, but like, they shouldn't seem happen. To be, yeah, just they, they just absolutely shouldn't, be able shouldn't to get happen. there. I don't know how. Especially after Silverstone last year, like you'd have th- thought organisers would have been way more on top of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, if I got to pick out one specific thing, it'll be the fact that we had to wait half an hour to watch a lap behind a safety car for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm going to say that's it specifically. Um, right, we had. A little bit of news, but we'll probably save that for next week. Because as you mentioned earlier, we've got like a month until the next race, so um, yeah. we'll, and we're, we'll right at, we're right at the limit of yeah. There's there's actually stuff. some quite interesting stuff going on right now, and I'd like to give it some room to breathe and talk about it properly. Um, so we'll quickly move on to predictions. Um, we got a point each. Not a great week for us. Um, Tristan F was our top scorer, who actually managed to get four out of five this week. The one that Tristan didn't get was the number of finishers, along with every single other person that entered. Unsurprisingly, no one had 12 finishers. Uh, the closest anyone got was 15. So if you said 15, you got half a point for that. Uh, our overall leader is uh, Jeremy Simkin, who is on nine points. And then there's five people tied for second on eight points. So all very tight at the top. Um, and then over at Grid Rival... Uh, the high scorer and the biggest improver as well this week was Kat, who those of you in the Discord will know well, who got 1,148 points. Uh, the overall top three on uh, Grid Rival are Effortlessly on 3,091, followed by Fester F1 and the excellently named Stroll Down Vettel Avenue. <laughs> That's good. Um, so yeah, we've this has been a very long one, unsurprisingly. So we're going to save all of your inbox for next week because there are some really good questions this week, a lot of which aren't necessarily directly race-related, so they'll be fine for next week. We'll also do some newsy bits. Um, we've got a few things planned over the next few weeks uh, while there's no racing going on. I think we're going to have a bit of a chat about some feeder series stuff. We might even have some special guests joining us over the next few weeks as well, so lots to listen to still. So, yeah, thanks as always for joining us. We'll be back in a week's time with all three of us again. But yep. until then, it is goodbye. No, not, no it's not. not yet. Oh, here we go. You can find us on Patreon. Thank you to all of our patrons for joining us. And thank you for continuing to support the show. And, um, yeah, just search Back the Grid for all the things and you'll find us on those. I thought you were going to interrupt me then to say you're going on holiday again, but I don't remind you to interrupt me to do that bit to the admin yeah (laughs) all right thanks for listening bye everyone bye